Hello there and welcome everyone to the latest edition of our weekly. Um, so um, Ralph um, was talking about his appearance um, uh, just just now. Um, didn't say anything about the t-shirt, um, but um, I don't know if there's any explanation you'd like to give. Well, um, yes. Bef before we go into this, I just wish to apologise for my hairstyle. I don't know whether I told you guys <laughs> I've had a, I have a, I've had a knee <laughs> operation. I, I probably didn't mention this because I don't want to no. actually bore people with myself. No. So let me just talk no. about this for the next half hour. Excellent, brilliant. Well, anyway, the reason is that I've been on crutches. I couldn't get to a hairstyle place, whatever, and so that's mm -hmm. why I look like this. But nice. uh, next time well, I come on. Doesn't explain the T-shirt though. What's yeah, going on all there? Right. No, Is that the, la lack of lack of laundry or? Do you want to speak about something else? Please? No. Okay. No. no. Fair enough. Okay. Let's, fair enough. This is a cool T-shirt. It is. No, no, it's lovely. It's lovely. It brings out your pecs yeah. and, and the colour of your eyes. There you go. Uh, right. So anyway, uh, job done. Um, uh, everything's moved over. Um, um, so anyway, right. To, this has been. Uh, I mean, when I say eventful week, uh, I mean, I, that really is doing it a disservice. So, um, I mean, we are going to talk. I mean, I know that uh, every media outlet is talking about uh, the death of the Queen. Um, we are not disrespecting that. Of course, uh, it is very sad. Um, however, we are in this uh, podcast, we are going to talk about four things. We're going to talk about um, Brussels. We're going to talk about, but not not a. This isn't a tourist blog, by the way. It's we're going to talk about some stuff. There. So we're going to talk about Brussels. We're going to talk about uh, Porsche. We're going to talk about um, Liz Truss and her initial action on energy. Uh, and we're also going to talk about J.P. Morgan um, and uh, and London. So anyway, let's. Um, st so starting off with um, with the Brussels thing, um, I noted uh, there was a very interesting. Um, a development uh, this week whereby it looks like um, Brussels is trying to um, give itself more sweeping power over corporates um, in the event of a crisis. Now, this means that they want to give themselves the power uh, to, um, you know, to, to essentially tell companies what they can produce and who they can produce it for now i wonder whether this was in response to what happened with the pandemic because remember again it does seem like a long time ago but remember that there was this massive kerfuffle caused by the fact that there were vaccines that were being produced in europe that were being sent to the uk and there was not really much that the europeans could do about it but I think that if this does go, if, you know, I don't know all the details of this, but from what it sounds, it does sound like they are trying to put through something that is, well, I mean, it goes to the heart of law, really, um, into into whether this kind of thing should be and would be possible. Hmm. Um, but what, what do you what do you think about it, Ralph? Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, may I congratulate you on the use of the word kerfuffle? Oh, yes, it's a great word, isn't it? It's a great word. People Thank should you. use it more. Um, but yes, I also, when I saw that, I was immediately unhappy with this. Um, mm -hmm. It makes you 
uncomfortable this sort of news but i yes. also don't know that much about it i mean this is news which is sort of currently breaking and we mm -hmm. will need to see exactly what the terms and conditions of this proposed proposal is the, the first thing which i would like to say is uh, unless I misunderstand these things, it is not as if Brussels can give itself any power. That just mm -hmm. doesn't happen. What they do is they would, um, um, well, formulate certain policies, and these policies then would need to be implemented, ratified into domestic law by mm -hmm. the membership countries and this can take a mm -hmm. long time maybe it, it will be quicker who knows but it is not as if brussels can just simply decree we do this and therefore all our member states are now beholden to this particular policy it's a supranational mm -hmm. state it is not a federal state so it is not as if the 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 institutions of brussels have any have any standalone power they derive their power from the member states and therefore everything that is being formulated as uh, well the various policy um, decisions or policies policy proposals has to be implemented into domestic law so that's the first um, sort of line of defense so to speak but of course that doesn't make it any less um, worrying what, what what we hear there. I mean, it, it's looking to me, it's starting to look as if this is something like an emergency um, policy or emergency powers, which mm. Brussels wish wish to have, which mm -hmm. give itself, in inverted commas, given the definition and the um, qualification that I just made. And what makes me uncomfortable is that it might be a sign of the times a sign of the times in in terms of that the invasion of russia and the various economic and political crises with which which go with that is indeed starting to perhaps hollow out the rule of law which we have in in the mm. free world now specifically in the european union now mm. i i wouldn't um overcook this but i also am left with with a feeling of um of of discomfort in this i i'm mm. going to have to watch this news and see where it goes i think in the end it's not going to be anything as drastic as that but whichever powers a central government has over the businesses which uh, act in in its um, environment in its in its domicile uh, are all are always uh, to to be looked at with 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 a degree of skepticism i mean in mm. the end in the end it's it, it, in the end we all do business in 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 a in a regulated space in in the rule of mm -hmm. law the question will be how much um of that is an inappropriate uh, limitation of the entrepreneurship of 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 these businesses and mm. so yes i i come away with um, the the net sentiment which I have from this news is still discomfort, and yes. we will have to see how, how this develops. I think that my first thought, so uh, when I saw this, was um, the, the acronym 
WTF uh, came to mind. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. Can, can you? Uh, oh, uh, it means, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> Fair Good enough. get out, okay, right? Good okay, get out, right? Fine, yeah. fine. It's not, it's not actually that, but yeah. moving on. Um, anyway, um, anyway, so yeah, so I do think I, th- I think it's interesting, interesting from a quite a scary point of view. If it if it goes the way I think they want it to go, um, they will obviously couch it in in terms of well, we want we want to be able to have it in the locker to be able to use it. But the prop there then after that there are problems of what constitutes an emergency or a crisis, and then things like who is the who judges whether that is a crisis and and things like that, you know. So and and there are degrees of it. Is it one of those things that comes in? It's either in or it's not, or are there degrees of it? So it's like you know it's a it's a very difficult thing. But um, I uh, the cynical side of me says that. You know, are they trying to put this forward now while while dis- the, the, everyone's being distracted by energy crisis, Ukraine war, etc., to try and put something through like this? Um, because it ha- maybe has it might have more traction, or or it may um, get less have less dissent than possibly if everything was on an even keel and we were in normal circumstances. But I don't know. Well. Well, I have to say, on 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 that subject, I'm less uh, worried about it because mm-hmm. because if that was to be the case, then you would need to assume that the EU had wanted to do this type of thing anyway, and mm. is currently interpreting the political crises we're all facing as an opportunity to put mm-hmm. through a ruling. It's not a ruling, a um, platform which mm-hmm. will afford it higher powers hmm. and I, I i don't think the eu is work works like this it, it, it's not mm-hmm. a it's not a it's a supranational government it's not even a government it's a supranational state as i said mm-hmm. so it doesn't have any uh ruling which is independent of the of of the member state any, any power which is independent of the member states so I'm I'm less I, I'm not cynical in that way, but I, I'm sort of coming at the same feeling of discomfort which you have almost mm. from the other from the other side. I mean, this particular crisis we are now facing may lead to a less um, may lead to the implementation of more emergency powers in all of our domestic governments than 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 we should be comfortable with. Mm. Indeed, indeed. So, I mean, you know, I think this is obviously one to, one to follow, uh, definitely one not to sweep under the carpet because this is very important, hmm. I think. Um, but anyway, so let's move on um, to the next thing, which, uh, you know, I thought was a, an interesting story this week. It's been something that everyone's been expecting to happen anyway, but um, Volkswagen is you know, owns Porsche and uh, it announced this week that it wanted, you know, they're, it would like to do a, a, an IPO of Porsche probably by the end of this month. And it's going round um, uh, uh, investors to find out what kind of, um, you know, what the demand might be, etc. cetera. Uh, it looks like they, they're seeking out a valuation of maybe uh, 85 billion euros, which 
sounds quite like quite a lot of money. Um, they're clearly they're wanting to emulate the success of, say, Ferrari when that was spun off from Fiat. And so I think, you know, everyone can understand the rationale for doing an IPO. Um, what maybe is less understandable is why does it want to do one now when the the world seems like it's on the edge of a re- of a global recession. Mm-hmm. So, um, just in the first few days, it seems that there there's been criticism because um, because it's it's a high valuation. Um, they're only selling something like twelve and a half percent, or that's what they've said so far of 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 the shares. So it's only very small. And then the third thing is that they they these um, shares will not come with voting rights. So even though you buy into it, you'll have absolutely zero say over over what happens. So um, will it go ahead? I mean, I person I personally think that they want to get it going now because they think that the markets are going to tank, uh, and as a result, they will be able to get a high valuation now. And if things go badly for the share price, they can blame it on um, on external factors like geopolitical tensions, global recession, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's what I think. Um, but what, what do you have to say on that, Ralph? Well, it's always a question mark why companies want to do an IPO or a partial IPO at any given time. I mean... Well, I was about to say normally, but normally is even wrong. But sometimes what, is, what, what the intention is that, let, let's say you own a business like Porsche. VW own, owns Porsche. Porsche is not listed in itself. And so they might feel that the valuation of Porsche contained within VW is undervalued, that the business of Porsche is just undervalued. And so in mm. bringing it to the markets, you will let the markets decide, and then you get a higher valuation on the business and that of course translates into a higher valuation of the uh, of the group in this case vw so that is normally why now i said normally because it is typically the reason why uh, companies would do such a thing but if this was the motivation behind it then it is unclear to me at least why they would choose a time um you know which 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 is which is sort of just before we might get a global recession. Mm. So in other words, yes, you might be right in saying, well, if they would want to actually address the valuation deficit now, then you would have to do it now because why would you wait until there is a global recession? But that's not how equity markets work. That's not how company valuations work. The the, the stockbroking analysts who work for the investment banks on the ticket here they would, uh, of course, need to factor this into their earnings progression, sorry, projections. And if you were to reasonably expect a world, a global recession to happen within the next several years, then that would have to be baked into the valuation. So again, it's unclear to me why they would choose this timing if that was their prime objective. So there's one other reason why companies might wish to do this and this is if they are planning an acquisition if i'm planning an acquisition then well obviously i need to find the money 
somewhere. And usually what companies do is they, they have a funding mix. Some of it is cash, some of it might be fresh debt, and some of it might be an equity raise. Um, now, if the target in question might be in the opinion of the management of VW, um, difficult to get away in terms of market skepticism. So if, if they were to say, we wish to buy company X and the analysts say, oh, this is a terrible idea, then obviously that would limit the um, potential of VW to raise to raise money or to to uh, to fund that particular acquisition. So it is at least conceivable that in this situation they might, well, it's almost like swap one part of their business for the intended target they're going to buy. So that would then mean that if they float 12.5% of Porsche, hoping to get as good a valuation for this business as possible, as possible, so <laughs> and right. we then, understand. Yeah, and then they would take that uh, the revenues from that partial IPO and put it into the funding mix for an intended acquisition. Now that may make a lot more sense to me because you might say, well, the acquisition is of course all of this is still now before a global mm. recession, but that you know the perhaps diminished valuation which you get for the comp for the part of the business you're selling well that is also true for the price of the company you're buying we would need to i mean there are lots of ifs here i mean if this is true if that was uh, the situation behind the scenes then we would need to see exactly what the target was and whether that target price would be deflated just as the ipo sales price might be deflated because of the economic environment we're in but i mean that's the that that's the other sort of conspiracy theory which i might mm. which, which i might offer and we have to mm. see where where this goes i mean you you never know anything even when i was mm. an analyst i was unable to understand you, you don't have any information here beyond what is publicly available beyond what mm. we're reading in the press so i'm just mm. saying that is in general another hmm. um, possible reason for companies to float part of their business. Hmm. I mean, I, you know, I always um, sort of refer back to, for instance, uh, Deliveroo, right? Because I remember when Deliveroo did their IPO before that, I said, you know, uh, at the time I said that I think that Deliveroo need this IPO because if they, again, I've said this, like I'm saying now, I said, if they wait for six months, the deliver their valuation is going to go right down because people are going mm -hmm. to, you know, takeaways are going to their people are going to order fewer takeaways, and um, and you know the uh, delivery did go for the IPO. They did get a, a high valuation, although it was lower than they expected. I think it was it was at the bottom of the bottom of the range, um, and lo and behold. <laughs> You know, it's had an absolute nightmare performance. Um, people have given it the uh, nickname Flopperoo because it's gone down so much. Um, and, you know, and although there's all this bad press, I'm thinking that Will Shu, uh, founder or co-founder, you know, and, and the advisors are, are, are laughing because they got that high valuation. They got the deal away. I mean, in a way, I almost wonder whether would they be better off 
maybe making more of it available to retail investors because retail inv- I'm, I would imagine retail investors are going to absolutely lap this up because all they're hmm. going to see is, oh, Porsche, Porsche, oh, yeah, great. Look at what happens to Ferrari. Brilliant. We'll do that. Yeah. I Honestly, I think that, that may, maybe that they'll do that because they've got a few of these, um, I forgot what the technical phrase is, but they, you know, sometimes with IPOs, you'll get like, a, or well, actually quite a lot of the time, you do get um, a few investors who are they were they they will are they, are they pillars pillar i don't know if it's pillar but you know basically where they'll say yes we will take this percentage at pretty much whatever price you know um so you know that they're going to be there and then the rest of it you don't know you know people may or may not buy it but there are there are a few uh, big investors who've said that they committed they are already interested Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's I, I mean that's one way I'd look at it is maybe maybe it's a bit like um, Deliveroo in that they can see things aren't going to be great you know for the next say six to twelve months at least and they do it now they'll get the money yes they'll take a lot of flack for it um, but you know ultimately maybe in a year two years time things will turn around a bit EV sales will go up yeah. and um, yeah everything will be good I mean that is of course a possible interpretation absolutely because they might think that even in the pandemic and even now, the luxury car segment is still uh, doing relatively well because its demographic customer target group is less impacted by the economic crises which we're seeing now. Yeah. And so, therefore, what you might just simply do is uh, get this away now and then benefit from the valuation uptick, as I said before, mm-hmm. which it might actually have for the group as a whole. On 12.5%, I wonder how much dilution there will be and how much valuation mm. lift you would actually get for the VW group as a whole. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, that is a possibility. Mm. There is one other thing which will always need to be in the mind of management, and that is what do you do with the money which you're getting from this? I mean, mm. even if 12.5% goes away, here and if you're saying that's an 80 billion valuation then that's about 10 billion uh, euros in cash which Mm. comes Mm. into the door now that's a lot of money i mean a mid-cap company is around 5 billion so that's enough to buy two mid-cap companies Mm -hmm. um, suppliers i mean who who knows what they are interested in if they are interested in anything i don't know but if they're not interested in buying something, I, as an analyst, would would ask the question, well, why aren't you? What, mm. what are you doing with this mm. money? Now, I'm a financial, an ex-financial analyst in the insurance industry, and I mm-hmm. completely understand that my view of the world is slightly skewed because in an mm-hmm. insurance industry, you would immediately say, well, basically what you're doing here is you're just basically diluting your economic return on equity. That is mm-hmm. less the case for a non-insurance company mm. in a sort of manufacturing company in a non in a non-financial company you you can just basically take the cash and leave it there in working capital and do something with it it doesn't dilute necessarily your economic roe but the question is still valid mm. what, what do you want 10 billion euros for what are you doing mm. with it because you can't just simply leave it there that is against um good entrepreneurial uh well best practice, so to speak, because if you just Mm -hmm. bloat your asset base, if you just bloat your balance sheet and you don't actually use that money for something, then arguably it doesn't actually create any value. So 
I still am wondering why they're doing this, but that's just a few ideas we hmm. we were able to offer. There we go. There we go. Um, right, so we're we're running those ideas up the flag to see who salutes. Uh, so um, anyway, or as my other favourite phrase that I did used to use quite often in broking to confuse people was, "I will leave that in your mental microwave to defrost." Okay. God. Right. I, I, I'm, um, I'm not. I'm not surprised you left the. <laughs> you left the business. I think people say, "For God's sake, leave." <laughs> um, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like what? Hey? Anyway, um, right. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to um, uh, well, Liz Truss um, started off this week. Um, I think it would be fair to say she probably didn't foresee what was was about to happen, or well, certainly not everything that was about to happen. But anyway, um, you know, she came in. She had to do do the do for um, <laughs> her uh, uh, for the energy because obviously this was the most pressing thing um it seems i would have it i think um she's probably surprised people on the upside um the idea obviously the cap is uh two and a half thousand pounds on average for two years for households um which is great because it was going to go to three and a half about three and a half thousand um and there is uh Good news, although less good for businesses, in that this cap is going to um, go on for six months, and it sounds like there'll be a, you know, they'll they'll do a rethink at six months. Mm-hmm. Now, this sounds great from a household um, perspective because it certainly means um, I think it will provide some relief, um, and it also provides some visibility as well. The problem for uh, businesses is that they're only getting effectively six months of protection. And then after that, they don't know. Now, my theory on that is that um, maybe the government is thinking, because this is hugely, hugely expensive, more, much more expensive than the furlough scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think that, you know, maybe the government is thinking, well, there may be some businesses that are on the edge. And we we have to limit how much we're giving out, especially if we give it out and then they still go out of business anyway. So um, maybe they're waiting for some business. There's a bit of natural selection to take place. Some businesses deciding to go under or, or just going under. And then in six months time, you'll be left with the, you know, uh, stronger businesses and they can maybe support those by extending the um, uh, this protection or or something else yeah but um, I think it's interesting I think she um, she has addressed these issues um, yeah but what do you think on that well no I, I, I agree I mean first of all I think we and others expected uh, Liz to do something like this mm-hmm. because, as we said ourselves, or la- I think last week even, when she comes in, well, at that time we didn't know that she w- w- was going to come in as prime minister, but it was pretty clear. So we said mm. when she comes in, it is very likely that on day one she is going to uh, announce an energy packet. That's not mm-hmm. clairvoyant. That everybody knew this. I mean, this is what she had to do because it was the most intimidating crisis she would need to um, address, and mm-hmm. she has done so. And I think she has done this in a in in a very good way. I mean, I was quite critical of Liz Truss, and uh, I, I I still am. But I think she is the right person to implement 
potentially difficult policy decisions and that is what we need right at the moment. So from mm -hmm. that point of view, there's a tick. Mm -hmm. um, what she has done is also, I think, understandable. Perhaps you might say that the retail sector, people like you and me, require more protection from the government than the profit-maximizing sector, the, the private sector businesses. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know, I leave it to you to decide whether that's a fair comment or not, but mm. I think perhaps, or, or look at it this way, what the government has been criticized for is to say that if you go into the energy markets and you do a price cap, then what you're basically doing is you're instituting an artificial price, and that would mean that households are less incentivized to save energy than they otherwise would. Mm -hmm. I think that's a bit of a weird argument because basically if all our energy bills were, were, were to go up to 3,500 quid, then clearly we wouldn't actually have the money mm. anyway. And so, but nevertheless, I understand the argument there. Now this argument, if it is valid, would work in, a, in, in the same way for businesses. You might say that if you were to give businesses the same um, amount of uh, immunization from energy prices for two years, mm. then perhaps you would actually encourage a, le a less economical use of, of electricity in the business sector than you would mm. otherwise get. So what she's mm. basically done is she, she, she said, well, we, we're going to solve port businesses in this country for the next winter because that's basically mm -hmm. what it is. That's what six months means. And then after that, we will revisit it. What you said is probably true. The marginal companies, which are teetering on the brink currently anyway, might unfortunately go out of business. But the business sector as a whole can perhaps be expected to be able to manage um, the resources in a more flexible way than the retail customer. That, that's a tricky comment to make because I know that it's not the case for SMEs, small and medium enterprises, but it is probably the case for bigger companies, which just have more flexibility and more uh, levers to pull. So from that point of view, I actually think it's the right thing to do. It's not a good thing in itself, but hey, this, this is an existential crisis for all economies in Europe in the free world. And we have to respond in some way and respond she did. And I think that is, as far as it goes now, uh, a, a positive policy. Hmm. I agree. I mean, I think that from a business point of view, though, businesses probably would have wanted to have two years or something. It gives them visibility. It means they can plan. But, you know, it's not perfect but it's it's workable for the moment, certainly. Mm. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Right then. So um, the next uh, the next uh, subject, really, um, and I th I thought this was very interesting. Um, well, obviously I did. Otherwise, I wouldn't <laughs> mention it, would I? Uh, but <laughs> um, is um, the fact that I saw there was a, 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 a uh, an article in the Telegraph which said that JP Morgan is putting more resource over to London from Frankfurt. Um, and the reason is, is because they're worried about potential blackouts in Germany and the resulting interruption in trading. Mm. Now, you know, obviously from having 
myself, well, ourselves, we, you know, we've worked in this industry and we know how important it is to, um, to make sure that trading does not get interrupted at all. I mean, I don't know, Ralph, do you remember this? I mean, this was years ago, but, um, I remember coming in on a, on a Saturday. So all of us, a lot of people in, in, you know, doing our jobs in the city came in on a Saturday, which is amazing. And if you've ever been to the city on a Saturday, it literally is like a ghost town. Uh, but we came in and we were playing a game with the London Stock Exchange. So they would put really? through change it. Uh, they would put through um, tr- trades and we'd have the clients would be there and they'd be there as well. And it was, I think they were upgrading or updating the trading system and we all had to do it. And I mean, that's quite extreme, really getting whole companies to go in on a day that they wouldn't normally go in to, mm-hmm. to do that. But anyway, the, my point is, is that um, all these companies, this is, it's so incredibly important to make sure you can't just go, Oh, well, never mind. We'll, we'll come back tomorrow or was this, you know, it's so incredibly important. So I think this is interesting because JP Morgan's deciding to do this. I'm thinking if JP Morgan's doing this, others are, are either, have either thought of doing this anyway themselves or because JP Morgan is doing it, maybe they will do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that uh, I wonder is, this is investment banking, but what about other things? You know, will there be other instances of other industries deciding to maybe use the UK as, or they think of the UK as, as having more reliable power sources? But, I mean, what do you think, Ralph? Well, I mean, I was I was greatly surprised to see that. I, I think it's a, it's an amusing thing that JP mm. Morgan is actually doing that. But but you're right. I mean, continuity is very important. You can't actually allow your trading operation to just basically blip out and you're looking at a blank screen. I mean, I've, 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 we, we once had a situation in a, not in the company we used to work for, a different company, a different broker I worked for, and there was a situation that our phones wouldn't work properly. There was like a blip or something. And the traders were absolutely besides themselves with wrath and mm. and 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 anger because basically they were on the phone to execute a deal and then the telephone blipped out and 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 you couldn't you couldn't execute so <laughs> so yes absolutely it is vitally important that the the electricity is working and you don't get interruptions mm. in trading so perhaps i should be less bemused by this is actually a a reasonable move to make sure that this uh, continuity is is safeguarded. What is interesting is that behind that statement clearly is the skepticism that uh, Germany will have blackouts because mm. they won't be able to sustain the electricity during the winter. Um, mm. And so to answer your question, yes, it is possible that other, company, other companies might actually do similar things. Other companies which are as flexible, you, you know, you can't repatriate a they can't do it manufacturing production base precisely. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. But obviously, other investment banks can. Whatever it will be, it's going to be temporary. It's not as if yeah, uh, yeah. the UK is all of a sudden going to be more attractive mm. as a um, as as a domicile for for businesses. I mean, that's going to be temporary. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it, I, I watched the situation with interest. Just as a 
side comment which, ha which hasn't got anything to do with this. You mentioned that the city of London is like a ghost town on a Saturday. Mm. Well, you were a salesman. I mean, how would you know? You know, I, I was there every weekend uh, and uh, other yeah, analysts course, yeah. and, you know, yeah. working hard. I mean, the lazy salespeople, they leave at lazy five. salespeople, yeah. of course, yeah. Actually, it's yeah, not true. But, it is sort of like a, a little bit like a ghost. But it is, star, though. But... <laughs> I mean, I remember going in thinking, oh, my God, like all this, all the sandwich shops all closed, all everything, everything closed. Um, and, yeah, you had to bring your own stuff in because nothing would, you know, unless you let, you know, if you left the building, there was just nothing there. Um, but um, but anyway, yes, all very exciting. Um so yeah, so okay. Well, look, I mean, I I think um, I think I'll leave I'll leave it there. Um, it's it's been a quite a week, um, mm. and I think uh, you know this this upcoming week promises to be um, uh, uh, also eventful, I'm sure. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, thank you very much, Ralph, as always. Thank you um, for your for your thoughts and insights. Um, and we'll be back next week. Wonderful. Looking forward Brilliant. to it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. No problem at all. Bye, guys. Bye.